Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 10 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. January 14, 1743. My spiritual conflicts today were unspeakably dreadful, heavier than the mountains and overflowing floods. I was deprived of all sense of God, even of the being of a God, and that was my misery. The torments of the damned, I am sure, will consist much in a privation of God, and consequently, of all good. This taught me the absolute dependence of a creature upon God, the Creator, for every crumb of happiness it enjoys. Oh, I feel that if there is no God, though I might live forever here and enjoy not only this, but all other worlds, I should be 10,000 times more miserable than a reptile. Lord's Day, January 23. I scarce ever felt myself so unfit to exist as now, saw I was not worthy of a place among the Indians, where I am going, if God permits, thought I should be ashamed to look them in the face and much more to have any respect shown me there. Indeed, I felt myself banished from the earth as if all places were too good for such a wretch. I thought I should be ashamed to go among the very savages of Africa. I appeared to myself a creature fit for nothing, neither heaven nor earth. None know, but those who feel it, what the soul endures that is sensibly shut out from the presence of God. Alas, it is more bitter than death. February 2. Preached my farewell sermon last night at the house of an aged man who had been unable to attend on public worship for some time. This morning spent the time in prayer almost wherever I went, And having taken leave of friends, I set out on my journey toward the Indians. Though I was first to spend some weeks at East Hampton on Long Island, by leave of the commissioners, the winter season being judged unfavorable for the commencement of the mission. February 12, at East Hampton, enjoyed a little more comfort, was enabled to meditate with some composure of mind, and especially in the evening, found my soul more refreshed in prayer than at any time of late. My soul seemed to take hold of God's strength and was comforted with his consolations. Oh, how sweet are some glimpses of divine glory. How strengthening and quickening. February 15, early in the day, I felt some comfort. Afterward, I walked into a neighboring grove 
and felt more as a stranger on earth, I think, than ever before, dead to any of the enjoyments of the world. In the evening had divine sweetness in secret duty. God was then my portion, and my soul rose above those deep waters into which I have sunk so low of late. My soul then cried for Zion and had sweetness in so doing. February 17, preached this day at a little village in East Hampton, and God was pleased to give me his gracious presence and assistance so that I spake with freedom, boldness, and some power. In the evening, spent some time with a dear Christian friend and felt serious as on the brink of eternity. Our interview was truly a little emblem of heaven itself. I find my soul is more refined and weaned from a dependence on my frames and spiritual feelings. February 18. Had some enjoyment most of the day and found access to the throne of grace. Blessed be the Lord for any intervals of heavenly delight and composure while I am engaged in the field of battle. Oh, that I might be serious, solemn, and always vigilant while in an evil world. Had some opportunity alone today and found some freedom in study. Oh, I long to live to God. During the next two weeks, it appears that for the most part, he enjoyed much spiritual peace and comfort. In his diary, for this space of time, are expressed such things as these. Mourning over indwelling sin, unprofitableness, deadness to the world, longing after God and to live to his glory, heart-melting desires after his eternal home, fixed reliance on God for his help, experience of much divine assistance both in the private and public exercises of religion, inward strength and courage in the service of God, very frequent refreshment, consolation, and divine sweetness in meditation, prayer, preaching, and Christian conversation. And it appears by his account that this space of time was filled up with great diligence and earnestness in serving God, in study, prayer, meditation, preaching, and privately instructing and counseling. March 7. This morning, when I arose, I found my heart to go forth after God in longing desires of conformity to him, and in secret prayer found myself sweetly quickened and drawn out in praises to God for all he had done to and for me, and for all my inward trials and distress of late. My heart ascribed glory, 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 to the blessed God, and bid welcome to all inward distress again if God saw meet to exercise me with it. Time appeared but an inch long 
an eternity at hand, and I thought I could with patience and cheerfulness bear anything for the cause of God, for I saw that a moment would bring me to a world of peace and blessedness. My soul, by the strength of the Lord, rose far above this lower world and all the vain amusements and frightful disappointments of it. Lord's Day, March 13. At noon, I thought it impossible for me to preach by reason of bodily weakness and inward deadness. In the first prayer, I was so weak that I could scarcely stand, but in the sermon, God strengthened me so that I spake near an hour and a half with sweet freedom, clearness, and some tender power from God, Genesis 5.24, and Enoch walked with God. I was sweetly assisted to insist on a close walk with God, to leave this as my parting advice to God's people here, that they should walk with God. May the God of all grace succeed my poor labors in this place. March 14. In the morning was very busy in preparation for my journey and was almost continually engaged in ejaculatory prayer. About 10, took leave of the dear people of East Hampton. My heart grieved and mourned and rejoiced at the same time. Rode near 50 miles to a part of Brookhaven and lodged there and had refreshing conversation with a Christian friend. In two days more, he reached New York, but complains of much desertion and deadness on the road. He stayed one day in New York and on Friday went to Mr. Dickinson's at Elizabethtown. March 19. Was bitterly distressed under a sense of my ignorance, darkness, and unworthiness. Got alone and poured out my complaint to God in the bitterness of my soul. In the afternoon, rode to Newark and had some sweetness in conversation and prayer with Mr. Burr. Oh, blessed be God forever and ever for any enlivening and quickening seasons. Lord's Day, March 20. Preached in the forenoon. God gave me some assistance and enabled me to speak with real tenderness, love, and impartiality. In the evening, preached again, and of a truth, God was pleased to assist a poor worm. Blessed be God, I was enabled to speak with life, power, and desire of the edification of God's people, and with some power to sinners. In the evening, I was watchful, lest my heart should by any means be drawn away from God. Oh, when shall I come to that blessed world where every power of my soul will be incessantly and eternally wound up in heavenly employments and enjoyments to the highest degree? On Monday, he went to Woodbridge, New Jersey, where he met the correspondents who, instead of sending him to the Indians at the forks of the Delaware 
as before intended, directed him to go to a number of Indians at Kanamik, a place in New York, in the woods between Stockbridge and Albany. This alteration was occasioned by two things. Number one, information which the correspondents had received of some contention between the white people and the Indians on the Delaware concerning their lands, which they supposed would be a hindrance to the success of a missionary among them at that time. Number two, some intimations which they had received from Mr. Sargent, missionary to the Indians at Stockbridge, concerning the Indians at Konamik, and the hopeful prospect of success which a missionary might have among them. On the day following, he set out on his journey for Konaumik and arrived at Mr. Sargent's house in Stockbridge, March 31. This concludes episode 10 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd.